Days before the 2020 election, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with the state director for the uh, building and construction trades, Bill Finn, and we talked about uh, every election cycle, we get a list of endorsed candidates from the uh, building trades, and the the conversation that we had revolved around the importance of that list and how that list comes about and why the uh, Building Trades Council takes the time to put this list together. So um, what follows is that conversation. I hope you give it a listen and pay attention to what Bill has to say because uh, it's, it's important and it could give you a a glimpse at what we might be looking at here in the very, very near future. Enjoy. My name is Bill Finn. I'm the state director for the Kentucky State Building Construction Trade Council. I represent the union trades throughout Kentucky. Uh, I'm a lobbyist that's registered just for the building trades. I'll follow the labor issues that are in that are in Frankfurt and on the national level too. I'm a 35-year journeyman wireman. I'm an electrician with IBEW Local 369. I've been the uh, state director of the building trades for going on eight years, and I really watch the legislation, follow the candidates and their votes, uh, testify in committee uh, on, on issues important to us, or to try to defend uh, the harmful cuts that have been happening to us. There's been quite a few of them here in recent years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, repeal of prevailing wage and uh, right to work, the two big ones. Um, yeah. Shutting down the Kentucky OSHA was, was a big deal. Um, whether people realize that or not, it, it was. Right. And, and I agree. You know, and that's, it, and I think that's really what, that, that's part of the problem is whether or not people really, they look back on it and they, they do see the harm that's been done. Yeah, you know, yeah. when the, when the Republicans took over in 2017 with the supermajority in the house, uh, which is the first time that had happened in a, in a hundred years, uh, they took. They already had a supermajority in the Senate and now the House, and then, of course, Governor Bevin was in office. You know, in spite of all the rhetoric about all the things they were going to do to try to improve Kentucky's economy and uh, all the other social issues that were brought forth, the first thing they did, the very first thing they did was come after labor. Yep. House yeah. Bill 1 House was right to work bill. Yep. House Bill 3 was pre- repeal of prevailing wage. Uh, those two bills, and then the other bill was filed the same day, was voted on the same day, was the Paycheck Protection. That was pretty much a scam that said that uh, people don't, uh, they're getting union dues taken out without signing off on it, which is fraud. I mean, that's, that's never happened. It's, that's already been in place. They, they basically, it was a feel-good law they passed, which everybody, all of us already do. Yeah. But, you know, those, those three bills, that was the first action they took. In spite of all the rhetoric that was said, if they take over, they're going to protect uh, families and all these other, they came after labor. They came after lowering paychecks, uh, getting rid of, of course, re- getting rid of the uh, uh, retirements for, for a lot of us, especially state workers. Everybody knows that story, but uh, that's been an ongoing struggle for us. Yeah. Uh, Bill, is there anything in particular in the, in this election in 2020, whether it be in Kentucky or uh, so, somewhere else across the nation that, that you've got an eye on? Yeah, I guess our biggest concern is a bill that was filed about two years ago that didn't pass. It came within one vote of actually passing. And it's a big concern right now under these times, especially with COVID going on, and that's the unemployment issues. You know, Kentucky's unemployment, uh, it actually, during the recession back in 2009, 
the unemployment system in Kentucky had actually gone broke. We paid out more in claims than we had in the bank. They made some reforms. That's when the waiting week was started, where workers couldn't get unemployment for the first week. We had not had that prior. A lot of people don't know that now. That went into effect in 2010, I think it was. But we had to borrow money from the federal government to pay the loan back. And it was about $900 million, similar to what it is now. We, we borrowed $865 million now. We had to pay that money back. And uh, it was actually paid back two years early. That's because the economy was better, work was better. And this was back during the, you know, after the 2009 recession, work had picked up over the years. We're in a similar situation now where we had $618 million in the unemployment insurance trust fund back in March. That money is whittled down to nothing. We've actually had to go and borrow money from the federal government of 865 million. And out of that, about 450 million has been paid out so far. This money was hopefully going to last us through the end of the year, really through the end of the pandemic, but it doesn't appear that we're going to be through this from January. So uh, we don't know how far in the next year it's going to go and if there's enough money to do that. But, you know, unemployment right now has been probably the single biggest factor that has saved people's homes, saved their, uh, been able to keep their, their food on the table, uh, you know, keeping this keeps families together. You know, when you, when you have finances that, that are desperately needed and people can't go to work through no fault of their own. You know, this isn't crying of the days when people need to get off the couch. You can't go to work. There is no place to go to work. So this money's critical, it's critical to families. The federal government stepped in with 600 a week that lasted for a few months. And then that money had dried up. Um, Kentucky's not really very different from a lot of other states right now with our unemployment crisis. And I say the crisis when we don't have enough money in the account. But right now we're, we're concerned about cuts that may be coming through the legislature when they go back into session in January, January 5th of 2021. If they, if they come after unemployment like we believe they are going to, their goal is literally just to cut the weekly benefit. And right now families cannot afford to, to have any kind of a cut. I mean, to keep people from bankruptcy and homes and foreclosures, keeping families together, keeping health care available, because if people had any bank hours or they, had, they were able to self-pay, uh, you know, what COBRA rates are right now, or even trying to go out and find uh, any type of health care, it's pretty tough when you don't have the money coming in. Well, and not to mention, who knows what's going to happen with the, uh, with the Affordable Care Act, you know, which, which allowed people an opportunity to get some sort of insurance on their own if they had to go out into the marketplace. And that's going to be on the, uh, that's on the docket for the Supreme court on November 10th, I believe. Right. So who, who knows what the, the state of, I mean, health insurance is, is uh, beating us up regardless, but who knows what it's going to look like here in the, in the near future, depending on how, how it goes tomorrow uh, on, on election day. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, unknowns and insecurities right now because you just don't know what's going to happen here in the next couple of days which is going to shape the next couple of years um, you know one way or another i mean change is coming uh, we just don't know what yeah you know people are nervous right now especially with 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 health care i mean there's been you know in spite of the rhetoric there is no plan in place to replace right. it if it did get if it did get thrown out by the supreme court um that's just, it's just not happened. So uh, a period of failure, just like what we're going through with unemployment, when the federal payments stop, 
and everybody has to rely on the state amount of benefits. There's no plan put in place. There's no stopgap. There's no, there's nothing. And that will be the same with healthcare. You know, with a lot of our union members, they are on union uh, health insurance and a lot of our retirees, but not everybody. We've all got a stake in this. Mm-hmm. And, and there's really nothing more important to get right down to it other than the health of your family. So uh, we're just in a difficult time where if you wanted to go to work out there and there's not jobs available and it doesn't appear that we're coming out of this. I mean, I think we're going back into a shutdown. And I think pretty much everybody will agree if they're, they're following the situation and, and it's, we've got a bad times coming ahead and we cannot afford in Kentucky to have our unemployment cut. We cannot afford to try to make any more hardship on families than there already is. We're just at a desperate time in this country. And, and I know it's been experienced before in the, I'm a, I'm a history buff and reading about the depression, uh, what took place and a lot of this, you know, we just got to weather the storm, but we, we don't need to do it on the backs of workers right now. Amen. Amen. Well, how are you feeling about this year? I know we got a lot of, uh, a lot of seats here in, in the, in the state, uh, that are up. How, how's... We've, got, we've got about, we've got about 10 seats, uh, that were labor supporters of both parties that decided not to run for election. Uh, some of them retired, some of them took uh, other jobs, but, uh, you know, I think it's it's probably uh, pretty brutal to be in Frankfurt uh, during the, the last few legislative sessions as well. But the problem with the, the, the 10 open seats that we've got um, is that they were all good labor votes on our issues. On You know, they voted against right, uh, right to work passage. They voted to keep prevailing wage. Uh, they didn't want to cut workers' comps. They voted against all these types of things. Uh, we've lost those. And, and some of these are in, are in areas where the person that's running in, in some case from both parties are not going to be labor supporters. We know that uh, we've either got it through questionnaires or just what they've said on the campaign. So, uh, you know, although the rest of the country may be, may be changing direction in a lot of ways, Kentucky's going to be lagging behind when it comes down to worker issues. Yeah, that that's super important for people to understand too, because I mean, it's easy to focus on the big, uh, on the main event, right? It's easy to focus on the, the Kentucky Derby, the main race, but there's a lot of other races that take place that can affect, uh, you know, if you're, if you're gambling and you got a parlay going, right. All those, those earlier races make a difference. And it, and it's real similar with, with politics. Like you fo- we focus on the, the big ticket, but in reality, it's the local races in the state, in the state government stuff that that's the stuff that's going to affect us immediately. Like, beginning of the year, that's going to start having an effect on us. Whoever the president is, it's going to take some time before what they put in place comes back and, and we start feeling the, the positive or negative effect of that. Uh, whereas- right. I, I, I do want you know, and you're right on that. You know, right now, the way the everyday Kentuckian construction worker that I'm, that I represent, I mean, they're going to feel the effects of this election based on the state house races and the state Senate races. You know, yeah. that, that is where, you know, uh, the, the items that they count on the most, whether it's safety and OSHA protection, workers comp, unemployment, uh, the ability to have a uh, uh, level the playing field uh, with, with trade licenses. These are the things that affect them here on the local level. Mm-hmm. It is not necessarily national elections, uh, uh, although it has huge implications and certainly the president as well, but it's the local races that affect our day-to-day lives mm-hmm. and, and, and whether or not we're able to, uh, to find a job and go to work and have health care and have a retirement and, and have a safe workplace where we can go home every night. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they, I mean, that's, we need to, we need to, uh, I mean, you and I just mainly because of our positions, like you have no choice, but to understand that, but get, it's just getting other, other folk like our, our members of our, of our locals to, to really understand. And even the non-union people, they're like workers are workers. Like we're not just fighting for our union brothers and sisters. We're fighting for the working class period. We want it better for the working class. And, uh, too often our ignorance gets the best of us where we just, we would rather not really get into the weeds of this stuff and really understand how it's, how it's working. We just rather take some, you know, headline or whatever and believe that to be, the the absolute truth end all and well this is what they said on this on this headline and so I believe it and you know it it, it that's that's one of the more frustrating parts for me uh, talking about this kind of stuff. I I, I want to add something and of course I want to talk about our endorsed candidate list but yes you know one thing that you that you're right about on that you know I was a journeyman electrician working in the field for years until I became a, a business agent and and now the director of the building trades. You know, I'm able to devote my time to follow these issues, uh, as you are, you know, but being in Frankfurt every day when they're in session and following and looking at every bill, and there's about 900 bills filed per year, follow every bill and see how it will affect us. And, and if there, if there changes can be made or, or simply to defeat some or, or to try to support different bills, I'm in a unique position where I'm able to devote my time to follow these issues. The average construction worker out there, uh, somebody that's in the skilled trades, they don't have the time. They're working every day. I'm able to read these bills and to keep up with 900 bills and, and several thousand amendments. You know, it, it's difficult to do. Nobody's got the time to devote to this. But I am able to do that. And my, my message to everybody is I try to convey that, how this will affect you. You know, and when you, when you mentioned about workers' rights too, uh, you know, 95% of what we do affects all workers. Yes. You know, the, the things that I follow and I advocate for, probably less than 5% affect just union construction workers. The majority of it affects workers in general. Mm-hmm. But on our, on our endorsed list, if I can speak about that for a minute. Yeah, we, well, so, so that's important. Just to do a quick segue, Bill, it, touching on what you just said, your, your, your position, basically, you're doing everybody's homework. You're doing the homework for, for the working class by digging into this stuff, really studying it and understanding where it's going so that you can – you can do the cliff notes and be like, all right, listen, guys, this one's bad. This one's good. And this is why. Yeah. You know, I work for an executive board of 15 people and, and those 15, there's one that's representing the sheet metal workers, mm-hmm. representing the pipe fitters, one for the electricians, one for the teamsters, the iron workers, you know, one for each of those trades. As I said, I have the time to devote and that's my job is to try to vote and try to disseminate what's going to be good or bad in a different legislative bill and, and alert the troops. Mm-hmm. That you need to call your legislator because they're not thinking about this, but this will affect their trade or, or, the, or their paycheck or their health care or a safety issue. So I try to follow the legislation and advocate for it and try to get people to contact legislators. And ultimately, here we are, Election Day tomorrow, that we need to make decisions based on that. And that's what we're asking. I mean, that, that is basically what it's come down to. We've made phone calls. We've contacted them. We tried to get them to vote uh, on issues that support us or, or, or could harm us, you know, as work. I'm talking about working families. So you know, we're down to election day and now we need to try to find the right people in there and get rid of the ones that aren't supporting us. And that's where the list comes in. We've sent out the endorsed candidate list and I've sent this out uh, many times throughout the state. 
we've gone through in there and there's all 100 house seats are up this year in Kentucky, half of the Senate, there's 38 state senators. So 19 of them are up for election this time. We didn't endorse in every race. We sent questionnaires to every candidate that's running for office. And there's several hundred uh, that are running for state, uh, state or, or federal races. We sent a questionnaire that concerned labor issues and that's it. We're focused on labor issues. That's what we do. So these bills affect, you know, whether, whether it's down to, you know, collective bargaining, the right to organize, uh, you know, healthcare, uh, retirement, safety, uh, about any issue you, you can think of on a working, on a working class issue. We've uh, put that on this questionnaire and we've asked candidates to respond to it. And then we can judge by what they say, whether or not they're going to be supportive or not. And this is pretty clear cut. We've been doing this for years. A lot of people probably don't know that. They think we may pick candidates by the party. We're literally picking candidates based on their commitment or their voting record. For every incumbent, Republican or Democrat, that's in Frankfurt right now, we have made from this list their voting record of the last several years. And I mentioned a lot of the anti-labor bills that have come out since 2017. There's a lot of them that were filed in previous years, but because the Democrats control the House in Frankfurt, they never made it to, to be to the governor's desk for, for signing. But we made this list basically based on all of these questionnaires on where a candidate's position is or on any incumbent that's currently in office on their voting record. We didn't care which party they were in. Unfortunately, there is, this looks like almost a party line uh, list, but that's where the chips fall. Uh, hmm. There's only a handful of Republicans. We've lost, there was two friendly Republicans that voted with us on labor issues. Uh, they decided not to run this year. Another one got beat in the primary. Um, you know, that's, uh, I hate losing any candidate, because our because our members look at this and say, "Well, this is just they're just supporting Democrats." That's not true. We're looking for we're looking for supporters. We're looking for friends. We're trying to find people, any candidate, that will support us. Uh, it's just difficult to do because a lot of these are party line votes, and so uh, it's it seems it seems more things become that uh, as time ticks forward. Here, it, it's almost like you don't even need to have an argument. It's you can as soon as the bill comes up, it's like the right's going this way, the left is going this way. And, and that's just how it is. And it, and it really sucks because the, be, the, best, the best bits of legislation we can get passed are going to be fully bipartisan bills that both sides can come together and agree on. Because, it, I mean, it's, that's important. It's important to have two sides of a, of a table. You know, just like with, with our unions, we have the members and reps, and then we have the contractors. And we come together, you know, obviously the, the contractors have their idea of what they want to do and and provide for us. And we have our idea and we come together and, and agree to what's best for everybody. And that, that that's the way it's supposed to work. Um, shining example of that, Bill, we just spoke about this the other day when I talked to you uh, about the new procedures for, for the election that have been implemented for, they started in the primary where they opened up uh, mail-in, no excuse mail-in uh, ballots. And then for the general election, they were doing uh, early in post in person voting, and there and this was uh, the Secretary of State and the Governor through opposing parties, and they came together and worked this together to to make this happen. And and now there's talks that they want to they want this to continue on because the the early in uh, in person they want to continue on because it allows more people the opportunity uh, to to voice their their opinion. 
which I, I, I absolutely agree. You know, it, it, it's, it's actually remarkable and it, that, that these two sides, that, that Governor Bashir and Secretary Adams, that they agreed on this because we're not used to that in Kentucky. No. We have both sides agree on anything. And this is one of the most important exercises we have is the vote. They both did agree for the greater benefit for the voter. I mean, this is a, it's, it's actually remarkable that, that we were able to, to have these options and we've never had this before. You know, so to, to have the option to vote three weeks early, and, and I can speak of this for a construction worker, to be able to vote for four hours on a Saturday, uh, I would have liked to have that in years past. Uh, yeah, for sure. Or, or you don't have to take off work so you don't get paid so you can go vote. Uh, a lot of guys are working 10-hour days, 12-hour days. They can't make it between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. So I, I think it was a, it was a, a, a great – and, of course, I like the, the no-excuse absentee they did, but uh, – this may be the real first true representative election there is because people don't have to make a financial sacrifice to go vote. And that's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it really is a, a very refreshing thing to see when you get two sides agree and they, they take the politics out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's, it's been, uh, it's been pretty interesting. Uh, I've been, I've been, that's something that I've been following uh, just because I thought it was really unique. Um, I know uh, Andy Bashir, Governor Bashir was, he was pretty adamant from the beginning that he was, he was going to push as hard as he had to, to get mail-in voting for the primary because we were right in the midst of, of the, the outbreak. And then uh, the, you know, the, and I don't want to get into right and left or Republican Democrat, whatever, but there was definitely some pushback from a specific party (laughs) over mail-in ballots and the secretary of state, uh, Secretary of State Adams went against his his own party basically and allowed it. He's like, we we're going to do this uh, because he thought it was more important for people to, to be able to have that right to vote than being part of a party or or whatever, making it making it uh, partisan politics. Um, so so you know, I I, I that's what kind of caught my attention at first, and then. Uh, then there were stocks that that was all going away. We were just going to have normal voting in November and that's what they're pushing for throughout the summer. And then all of a sudden we're getting closer and they're like, well, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do mail-in voting again. You're going to have that option. And we're also going to have in-person early voting. And I was like, but what, what's going on, man? It was blowing my mind. And now yeah, we, like, we, we set the bar so low on expectations that, that we <laughs> Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah, well, so I, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, Bill. Um, are you, are you feeling good about, I mean, I know voter turnout at uh, the last I read uh, as of Friday, we already had 2 million ballots cast in Kentucky. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we're going to be able to find out the results here fairly quickly. I hate for this to get drawn out and everybody starts second guessing whether or not uh, this is accurate. Uh, you know, I think everybody's almost prepared. As I said, this is, we set the bar low around here. It's uh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're waiting, we're waiting for the lawyers to come in and uh, we're waiting for somebody to try to. Uh, do you know, do you know when, uh, I, I didn't check into it, but do you know when Kentucky started uh, or is going to start counting ballots? Are they waiting till, till Tuesday or are they? I believe, to... I believe they're going to start running through tomorrow morning. I believe. Tomorrow morning. I, 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 I believe they are. I'm, I, I'm no, I'm no expert on that one. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty 
uh, pretty confident that the uh, the national stuff is going to be decided pretty quick for here for this state. I'm, I mean, they always call us fairly early, um, so that won't be a shock. But uh, the the uh, the other races, the, the the more local races, the statewide races and stuff, um, it'll be interesting to see how this turns out because they, the, the saying always goes when voters turn out, the the progressive side tends to do better. And I mean, we're already at. Let's see, they said there were uh, 3.5 million registered voters for the 2020 election here in Kentucky. And as a, I, I, guess, I guess what I read that they were, they were uh, projecting that by, by tomorrow, by election day, they'll have already been 2 million votes cast, which is, I mean, that's astonishing, man. I mean, we're over 50% already, and it's not even election day yet. Yeah, this 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 is going to be probably the most probably the most accurate, most representative type of an election we've ever had because of the options that people have had to vote absentee, to vote three weeks earlier, to vote half a day on a Saturday. I mean, with yeah. with, either, with either I personally mailed my ballot and it re, and it was received three days later. Oh so wow! I got an email back and I was able to see it online to see that they had yeah. received it, and then I got a follow up email a few days later. Uh, but you know for you know, the, the concerns over the post office, of course, it's, you know, it's certainly too late to do that now, but, you know, drop boxes. I mean, we've had probably uh, the best scenario to try to get a, a true representative vote of what the people want by these options. So, uh, yeah, for I'll sure. Applaud, for sure. Applaud the governor and secretary Adams for, uh, uh, for getting this done, but uh, I hope, I hope we continue doing this. Yeah. Same here, man. And I'll be interested to see, um, I think that's the only real outlier this year um, across the country is the new, uh, the, the, the expanded options in pretty much every state. It'll, I know they're, they're talking like uh, uh, it's going to be breaking all kind of records for, for turnout, for voter turnout, um, you know, largest turnout in over a century or whatever. And uh, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that, how that affects, you know, this, uh, does Kentucky start looking a little purple after tomorrow? Who knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> we could yeah, wish, I guess right? We're, we're all just we're all just gonna have to wait and see. I'm, you know, I'm hoping that that we get some people out there kind of looking out for workers. Yeah, I think the scales have been tilted too far the other way, uh, and it's not just been uh, pro business on everything. It's it's been anti labor. Anti labor, yeah. And that, that has been the problem we've been dealing with. Unlike our last hundred years, we've not ever seen this, you know, it was kind of like lift up, lift up the bottom and the middle and and everybody, everybody else prospers, but that's not what we've been having in legislation the last few years. Yeah. Well, man, that's all I, that's all I have. I just, I I covered it, the endorse list, the voting record and the questionnaires. I did want to get that out because you know, that's, that's the question I've had about, you know, from a few people is just, you know, whether or not, are we just endorsing uh, Democrats, Republicans? And there's nobody on that. I'm going to send this back out again today, too. You know, they're not marked on that list, what party they're with. Yeah. And, and I will say this. I, I talked to Lyles Taylor just a few minutes ago. I just want to do a little follow-up on some questions I had with him. And I'll say that we've probably never done this as thoroughly and as exhaustively as we have in the past, where we've actually gone through, followed every vote that everybody's taken that's in office that's running again. 
Uh, many of the people have already left. There's been a, been a huge turnover. I don't even know what the number is. I'm sure it's well over 30 or 40 of the people that are not in office right now or won't be in, in January yeah. or there in 2017 that made good or bad votes. Um, so there's, there's certainly a turnover and, and for a lot of them, we want it to happen, but, uh, for quite a few, we're going to miss them. But, uh, between the questionnaires, we, we've gone back and, and able to go through the question. If they didn't return one, they didn't get considered. It's pretty cut and dry. I mean, you really can't argue with the process. We have, exhaustively if they didn't respond to a questionnaire they can't say they didn't get it we've gone back we've sent it from to personal email addresses we've sent it to an lrc uh frankfurt uh, email address and some have been mailed so you can't no candidate can say well they didn't receive it didn't know about it every party knows about it this is you know everybody knows who sends out questionnaires and, yeah. and what, what you need to fill one out so if they chose not to fill one out you can pretty much bet they're not going to be able to solve it yeah it was uh purpose it was on purpose for sure. Cause if you're for labor, then you want our support, you know? So you're not going to miss the opportunity to, to get it. Right. Right. So, you know, and that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, we, we want, we want people to want our endorsement. I mean, that, that, that means something to have people mm -hmm. that want to come and talk to our, our group or at our union meetings or the central labor council or the state building trades or, or, or any event that we have, we want, people to want our endorsement. We feel like we're looking, you know, we're looking for allies. So. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. No matter who you are, yeah. if you're for us, we're for you. Yeah. Yep. Well, I thank you for your time, Bill. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, taking a minute to, to join me you on this. Cut, you take cut up anything I said there. Cause I know I've, uh, stuttered uh, I, I didn't try to, I think I did get a couple points across that I wanted to, especially the candidate list. I know we're getting really late, you know, with tomorrow, but, I'm going to send an email out and I'm going to detail that in the email that this was you know, strategically done. A lot of people were looking, this wasn't just me doing this. Yeah. I had a lot of people and I went around the room with, with several of the other guys that followed the, all the bills in Frankfurt. Now I'm right. He was with us. He was against us. We went down a list and we kind of went through every one. There's a couple of them that were split and in some races we didn't take a position. I mean, either candidate could be okay with us. They weren't hundred percent with us, but, you know, it's not always black and white anyway, but, uh, so. but yeah, well, you can gauge it though. You can gauge where they're, where they're at. And I mean, if, if you'd rather have someone that's a little bit on your side, than yep. not on your side at all or against you, you know, so like I, I, I've, I've had this discussion with people before too, where, uh, if my two choices are somebody that doesn't know I exist or somebody that's out to get me, I'm going with a person that doesn't know I exist, you yep. know? I'd rather have someone that doesn't care that I'm there than someone that's, that's actively got me in their sights. So. And, you know, we're looking, we're looking for, we're looking for friends every day. Uh, I've, I've met with legislators that we did, we endorsed our opponent. Uh, they yeah. won. And if they're willing to have a sit down and hear us out, there's, we've got a couple on this list that I didn't even know we had endorsed their opponent uh, and they were incumbents. They voted with us. They got beat. We're looking for a new friend. And, and, and we found a couple. So we've, I'm like, you could almost say every candidate on here has probably been, uh, you know, we, we found a, a newer friend. So, yeah. Um, and that's what we're looking for every day in Frankfurt. I mean, it's, we've got four Republicans on this list. Last election, we had seven, three of them, one got beat in the primary, two didn't run. We've got a couple more that, that may be, you know, a little more receptive. They hear a little more, they're a little more, I don't say educated. I don't want to make anybody sound like they're not educated, but they're they're on our issues. They're yeah, they're, they're more, more enlightened as to 
why this is important to us. And I, you know, people, when you talk to them about kind of why we support this law, you see heads kind of nod a little bit like, yeah, I, I see that in a little different light. So that's what we're trying for. Yeah. Right on brother. Well, just to, just to give you a heads up, what, I, what I'm going to do is I should be able to get the, the, just the audio from this. And I'm going to use a lot of this for, I'll put a podcast together too, that I can put out. Um, again, I know it's late in the, in the game here. It's, it's not going to get out in time, but th- this is something that we deal with every election cycle. Right. And so uh, since I, since now I have this information from you, right from the source, I can, I can put this uh, in our archive and then every, every year around election time, I'll have, uh, I'll have some of this stuff already, already out there that, that I can just reshare and, and help get that message out even more and more and more. And be, more. This, 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 be, this could be really, you know, a really good start for a lot of this stuff just to have a little, this is, this is nuts and bowl. This is bare bones. This yeah. Is- well, I remember you came out to, uh, to one of our union meetings. It, it was, it was for, was it when Andy was running or it might've been before that. I've been out there a few times. I don't know. But you came out and you explained that list one time. And I remember after afterwards, a, a bunch of our members that were in attendance there were like, man, that made, that made a lot of sense when Bill came out and, and explained this. You know, I, like, when, I, when I was an electrician working in the field and I went and I watched my predecessor come in, it kind of, I kind of fogged over because like, I really don't understand even the process of how Bill gets passed or, or, you know, I, I really didn't understand all that. And I don't, what I'm really kind of getting down is bare bones. How'd you vote? Yeah. yeah. We, we armed you with information. We testified in committee. Uh, we, we had, you know, we, we've done everything we can do to try to get you to vote and, and, and follow our wishes as a unit construction work. At the end of the day, you know, how you vote is that's what we're going to watch. That's yes. what you're going to be. It's not going to be what rhetoric you say in your campaign or your flyers or anything else. No, it's that's the action. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Right on, brother. No, it's good, man. I, I appreciate doing this. I, you know, you take cut up anything you want there. I, I, I probably wasn't very articulate, but I'm. Nah, you know. we'll make it work, man. We'll make it happen. These are okay. and these are, and and honestly, these are really how my how my podcasts go exactly like this. It's just I like to just have a just a raw conversation with whoever I'm talking to, and you know the flubs. A lot of times I'll leave the flubs in there just because it makes us real, man. Yeah. You know, I, you're not a robot. I'm not a robot. No, this is from the heart. I didn't. I'm not reading from a script. I'm just. Yeah, we're just a couple of. <laughs> couple of construction workers having to talk about things that matter you know so all right man well enjoy the rest of your day thanks a lot and uh, i'll send you some links thanks for your help all right see you brother